Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I'm your host, Eric aka Silior, and today we are going to be continuing the guild discussion with the Thieves Guild, uh, but before we get to that, we do have a little bit of news. Um, apologies for the delay in this episode, there's been <laughs> um, a little bit going on, um, as you could probably tell by that cough I just did there, laugh cough. Um, yeah, I, I had a uh, school final, uh, math final, which was very intimidating. Um, not to mention, like I hinted at earlier, my health hasn't been the greatest lately. I've had a head cold two different times since, uh, the last episode went out. I'm still kind of getting over it, but I'm here now and, um, hopefully my voice will survive the, <laughs> the course of this episode. Um... But yes, we're going to be talking about the Thieves Guild today, but we do have a little bit of news. Um, not a ton. Um, mostly has to do with the uh, upcoming chapter. The first DLC for it is out now on PC and Mac, the Scribes of Fate, as well as Update 37. So this is the Dungeon Delving uh, DLC. So if you are on console like I am, you have to wait until the 28th. So 10 days as I'm recording this. I'm recording this the evening of the 18th. So we're two different dungeons. There's Balsinar and Scrivener's Hall. Um, so yeah, that, of course this is in the Marlin province. So, um, yeah, if you have purchased this or if you have ESO Plus, then hope you're having fun. So, yeah, of course, I am on Xbox. Um, also, there is kind of a behind-the-scenes look at the styles, people, and beasties of Marwin. So, um, some of the ESO's developers share that they're, share their love of these things so yeah there's a couple of videos here that you can watch that kind of gives you a behind the scenes look of this um so yeah definitely check that out also we've got an article here of five must see Morrowind marvels so this dlc explores the telvani peninsula so there's five different things that you can visit here. So we got Cedrith uh, Mora's Mushroom Towers. Now, you do get to see Cedrith Mora in the uh, Morrowind expansion, uh, the Morrowind chapter. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess you can visit this in the uh, Telvani expansion also. We got some Vardvarks and other... Species, uh, species here. Got a couple different looks at Vardvarks here. One of them is a little bit more colorful than the other. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, we got the Tribunal or Tribunal. Um, we've already dealt with the Tribunal quite a bit in the game already. But of course, Marwind, you gotta have that. 
We've got uh, Bardot, uh, which is the uh, constant reminder of the reminder of the power of the tribunal. So yeah, that's the little asteroid there that's hanging overhead. And then we've also got ancestral tombs. So I think I've mentioned this plenty of times on the show before, but ancestors mean a lot when you're dealing with the Dunmer. So of course you're going to be dealing with them more in this chapter as well. So um, then we got some uh, community posts of different things that people like to see in Marland. So, um, speaking of House Telvani, there's also a Loremasters info article on House Telvani. Uh, should probably do an episode. I've mentioned this before. I need to do an episode on the different great houses here. Actually, Pell um, <laughs> may start that next episode. We'll see. So, um, <laughs> this article is written by quote-unquote uh divith fur himself who um (laughs) is a great mage and he is apparently part of taos telvani also um so yeah it's it's worth checking out if you're looking for more information on house telvani um, let's see, you got any other articles here? Yeah, I've already talked about that. Um, this isn't Elder Scrolls specific, but if you're a fan of Elder Scrolls, you're probably a Bethesda fan in general. So, there was a recent uh, Microsoft Direct that happened. So, they gave us a good look at Starfield as well as a release date for Starfield. So it's launching September 6th of this year. And there is a Starfield-specific Direct that is happening on June 11th. So this is pretty damn exciting. Um, Definitely looking forward to this game. Um, Been (laughs) playing some space games I don't know if it was subconsciously in preparation for this. I'm really hoping that I get to play it via cloud service because I don't think my... Yeah, it's it's not going to be on the Xbox One, so which is what I have. And I guarantee my computer probably isn't up to snuff to be able to... It's not a gaming computer. But, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I hope that I can also play Redfall through the cloud service we'll see i guess we'll find out when the time comes that's happening in may but yeah um definitely definitely check out the trailer if you haven't already i'm guessing you probably already have but definitely definitely looking forward to starfield and i know a lot of people are like okay but where's elder Scrolls 6 well, they got to release this game first before they can start working on Elder Scrolls 6. I know, I know they've already worked on it a little bit, but they've said that they will really get going on Elder Scrolls 6 once they're done with this game. So, 
this game comes out in September, they'll start working on it after that. So, that's where we are. And that is it as far as the news. So, let's get into my gameplay. Um, did play a little bit more Skyrim. Not a ton, but did play a little bit more. Just kind of running around, doing random things. Um, about to do the battle for Whiterun. Hopefully, I won't get the same bug that has been plaguing me forever. Um, it's specific to the Stormcloaks. Um, when they do the battle for Whiterun. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why this hasn't been patched out. I know the last time I played on the Xbox, it kind of worked itself out. But basically, when you, I know when I played on the Switch, I was kind of screwed there for a while. But you do the battle for Whiterun on the Stormcloak side. Once you finish it and you make Balgroth the greater submit or yield, um, the city doesn't go back to normal, which really kind of sucks. So, yeah, basically... It's stuck um, like the battle is still going on. So, <laughs> yeah, basically the city is still on fire. The map marker doesn't show up, so you can't fast travel to White Run. It's kind of annoying. Um, I guess we'll, the last, like I said, the last time I played on the Xbox, it kind of corrected itself. But it's still there after over 10 years, after. God, almost 12 years at this point. So, um, yeah, other than that, um, I think I, I don't remember if I mentioned this or not, but I was on a recent episode of the Fallout feed. Um, I think that happened after this path, the last episode I did of this show. So we were talking about Fallout 1 because I... They were doing a, a roundtable on Fallout 1, and I was a part of it, so I played a lot of Fallout 1. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So that was the wrap-up episode. And we ended up talking more about Fallout 4 than we did Fallout 1. Because um, Andrew had started a survival playthrough of Fallout 4. So he was asking Ray a lot of questions about it. And I never played survival i don't like playing survival on anything really that's just me so i kind of i mostly listened and then i did offer a little bit of it you know I, I, I did answer a little bit when he was asking questions of the group but that got me thinking that after all this time i still haven't completed nuclear world um i'd done pretty much every other story in the game, I talk about this on the episode of Tapes and Voice that just came out. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd done the main story a couple different times. I've done Far Harbor, I've done Automatron. Started Nuke World, never completed it, so I went and corrected that. And if you follow me on TikTok, you do, you probably saw the couple of videos that I posted uh, while in Nuke World. Uh, there was a, the video where I was taking on some Nuka Works. Which are essentially Myerworks hopped up on Nuka-Cola Quantum. And then some Gator Claws, which I thought was actually kind of cool. Um, yeah, an alligator or uh, crocodile, whatever version of a, a 
Deathclaw. Um, so yeah, I actually really enjoyed uh, Nuka World. I all but finished it. I'm not much of a settlement builder in Fallout 4, uh, but that's really all I had to do is build a settlement. I, you have to take over settlements. You have to do these one at a time. You have to take over the settlement, and then you have to get the settlers up to 100% happiness, and that's the uh, that's the hard part. Um, so yeah, for all intents and purposes, I completed Nuka World, and it looks like uh, you know. And since then, I've also gone and recruited uh, Strong and Curie, which were two other followers that I hadn't. Uh, really dealt with yet. I hadn't recruited them. So I've since gone back and get, gotten those two also. Mainly been traveling around with Curie since then. I've gotten her her synth body. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's. I think that's really it as far as um, Fallout 4 goes. Of course, still playing Fallout 76. Um, but the thing I've been playing, well, and here, I, I played a little bit more Mass Effect, um, the Legendary Edition, so I um, finished Mass Effect 1 with my female Shepard character, and I actually was streaming a lot of this um, on my Twitch channel because Fallout for Hope's Alzheimer's campaign runs during the month of May, and I plan on um, taking part in that again this year because um, that is a cause that's near and dear to my heart with my grandmother passing away from Alzheimer's related complications. And I hadn't really streamed much since we moved out here to Iowa, but I did want to try and uh, stream a little bit more uh, than I have been. So, yeah, I was streaming, um, I was toward the end of Mass Effect 1, and I did complete that off-stream, and I started Mass Effect 2 with this, uh, Femshep character, and, uh, yeah, I played a little bit of Mass Effect 2, but then I was thinking, I still haven't completed Mass Effect Andromeda, or, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, so, I decided to play Mass Effect Andromeda again um, for the first time in, I don't know how long, probably over a year at this point. Because, um, yeah, it had been longer since I'd played that since I'd played, or than since I'd played Dragon Age Inquisition. So, yeah, I started playing Mass Effect Andromeda again. I was on this uh, ice planet called Volid, I think, or Vold. Um, so yeah, I was running around in, uh, on Vold, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, it was, it's been a lot of fun. I forgot how fun... I know a lot of people uh, don't really care for Mass Effect Andromeda, but I've really been enjoying it. I mean, yeah, it... it it's not the same crew that you run around with in Trilogy. Like, you're not... You, like, you play the, tr you know, the Trilogy. You put so many hours into Trilogy, and those characters do kind of become a family. But 
you know, that doesn't mean that the characters in Andromeda aren't any more uh, family or welcoming. Um, there, there's pretty strong characters in that too. Um, you know, as traveling, I mean, you're driving around the planet of Vold in the Nomad, which is basically their version of the Mako, only it doesn't have any weapons. And I was running around with PB and Jal, and the interaction between the two, like the conversation between the two is really funny, and I actually posted a clip of it to my TikTok page. Um, <laughs> um, there's this ongoing thing where, you know, I'm... I'm going up and down mountains with this thing i'm t you know jumping off the side of mountains with this thing and jaws passed out asleep and pb just can't believe it she's like how in the hell are you sleeping when he's driving like a maniac and jaws like it's been a pretty smooth ride as far as i'm concerned and i was just kind of like oh, okay thank you <laughs> but then PB's acting like she's wanting to just jump my bones right then and there. And Jaws like, alright, let me, you know, pull over, let me get out, and I'm giving, gonna give you some privacy. And she's like, I knew you were faking it this whole time! And he's like, it turns out I wasn't the only one who was faking, was I? It was so funny. Um, yeah, I, I posted a clip of that to my TikTok, and I've actually gotten quite a bit of traction from that so if you are finding this show because of that thank you very much uh <laughs> i about uh i about died when that happened and i almost wrecked the nomad oh man that was funny but um yeah since then i've basically finished up everything on Vold, and i'm i've now moved on so yeah i'm definitely going to keep playing that um now i'm just I don't know. I, I definitely do want to get back into ESO, but I've kind of been taking a break from it. I do need to finish the Fire Song DLC. But yeah, I've just, I've kind of, um, uh, I, and, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not taking a break completely on Elder Scrolls. I, like I said, I've been playing Skyrim a little bit, kind of wanted to jump into Oblivion too, but, um, yeah, I just kind of got a little burnt out on ESO. I will come back to it, though. So, anyway, that's really it as far as my gameplay goes. So let's get into today's topic. And that is the Thieves Guild. Alright, guys, let's talk about the Thieves Guild. So... Once again, this is one of the rare instances where the fandom wiki page has a lot more information than the um, UESP wiki, so once again, we're going to be using them mostly for our info today. So, the Thieves Guild is a renowned and infamous faction of thieves operating throughout various provinces of Tamriel. So... It was originally based off of a guild from southern Hammerfell, and the guild overtook many unorganized law groups across Tamriel, having them adopt a small set of rules and give, that give them order. The guild has ties to Nocturnal, who is the patron of thieves. 
So yeah, I kind of like how the Morag Tong, um, oh, you know, they they worship Mephala and the Dark Brotherhood worship Sithis. The Thieves Guild, you know, have a they basically owe everything to Nocturnal. And you kind of see that toward the end of the Thieves Guild storyline in Skyrim specifically. But yeah, they, they um, are dedicated to gathering and training all of those who are stealthy and shadowy in nature. Um, in Oblivion, they kind of have a, a saying that they... Uh, kind of like a, a parting phrase that they always say, which is shadow hide you. So it's, uh, I mean, and yes, there is honor among thieves and there is a set of rules that they abide by. So the original thieves guild, as I mentioned, was, um, founded in Southern Hammerfell specifically in Abba's Landing, which is a bustling city port located in Hughes Bain. So the exact date was not, it's not really known, but it was a number of years before Second Era 415, I'm sorry, 549. At some point during the 6th century of the Second Era, a member was, who was known as Bright Ilmund, I think is how you it looks like two eyes, but that can't be right. Um, Ilmund took control of the guild. Under Ilmund's leadership, it was viewed that it, that he ate any scraps the Abba's landing merchant lords threw at him, all while he shook down any citizen for coin and could not plan a proper heist, which caused many members to leave. After his death around 2nd era 556, Nicholas became the guild master and set down the three rules of the guild that remained for centuries. With this, the guild returned to its glory and made heavy profits from the fees by the merchant lords. Um, let's look into Nicholas a little bit here. So, he Nicholas was born around second era five thirty four, and let's. Uh, so you do get to meet him um yeah i guess uh it looks like he's still guild master by the events of um eso so yeah he's still alive and kicking by that point i guess it should be noted that i haven't played a lot of the um thieves guild storyline in eso like i've been to the port and I may have done a, a quest or two but I'm not um, I haven't played a lot of that it's just I don't know I don't want to say it's not my thing but it's pickpocketing is hard anyway um, let's continue on here with the events of ESO so, um, in Second Era 582, which I, uh, you should know by now as the events of ESO, Nicholas set out on a heist to Al Denabai's tomb near Tanith with his inner council of Zyra, Edda, and Daldur 
After failing to bypass one of the tomb's traps, only Zyra made, out of, made it out alive, and she uh, then became the guildmaster. Um, so, yes, Zyra does become the new guildmaster. So, uh, it says also here that Magnifica Falra then hired the Iron Wheel after discovering the perpetrators and sent them to Abba's Landing to hunt out the guildmasters and find her dowry. Sometime after, afterward, Quen and the Vestige joined the guild after a heist of theirs at the Falstrom homestead was foiled by the Chief Inspector Ronbick. Ron Ronbick, I think is how you pronounce that. After investigating the Iron Wheel's intentions, they discovered the Merchant Lord Kosh was truly Nicholas, who had faked his own death. The guild infiltrated Falra and Kosh's wedding, seeking to inform her of Kosh's intentions, though Ronbick arrested everyone of the guild at the wedding and captured Zyra, taking her to No Shri or Shira Citadel. After Zyra was freed, the guild told Falra of Nicholas's having the dowry and Danabai's crown, and she then established connections with the guild. In, the, in time, the guild spread across Tamriel, having a foothold in every province. Baranzaya, the queen of Mournhold, was known to have joined their ranks. <laughs> that's interesting. So, that's the storyline of the Thieves' Guild in ESO. Uh, it says here, the Thieves' Guild is one of many possible factions that appear in Elder Scrolls Arena. The Eternal Champion may encounter them as part of procedurally generated side quests, but it doesn't look like you can join them in that game. They may be either friendly or hostile, it just kind of depends. So, let's see if uh, how they are in Daggerfall. So, the Thieves' Guild is, in fact, joinable in Daggerfall. It's an organization of professional thieves, burglars, smugglers, pickpockets, and other enterprising operators in the Iliac Bay. So it says here you must pick 10 or more pockets successfully or break into a store without without using the open spell. So you got to be good with a lockpick or pickpocketing. Um, here's a game I don't really talk about much. Um, I guess they're not really in Shadow Key. I need to talk about those games at some point, though. So, let's talk about the Vardenfell Crisis. So, during the events of Morrowind. So, you do interact with them in Morrowind. You can, in fact, join them. Although, I don't know, for, some, for one reason or another, I think... I don't know if it's, if it's race-locked or something, but I don't think I was really able to join them when I was a Nord. Um, I may be making that up, but I swear it didn't really let me do it. But here's a brief little blurb here. Uh, during the time, during uh, the, Mar the Vardenfell Crisis, the Morrowind branch of the guild was headed by General, uh, I'm sorry, Gentleman Jim Stacy. It was engaged in conflict with Kimona Tong and their pawns, the Fighters Guild. However, the, general, the efforts of Gentleman Jim Stacy and his eventual successor managed to break the ties between the Kimona Tong and the, and the Fighters Guild. Um, I don't really have anything that I can comment on that. Like I said, I 
haven't really been able to play the Thieves Guild questline in Morrowind very much. Um, again, I've never been really good at pickpocketing. It doesn't matter what the game is. I just haven't really been able to um, pickpocket very well. I guess I'll just have to work on that. Um, the Oblivion uh, the, uh, uh, Thieves Guild, I do have quite a bit of experience with, though. Um, it's not really... It doesn't really have a story so much, but you do... You do a lot of thievery. Um, that's actually kind of how you get the attention of them, in a way. Um, I mean, really, you, got, you just have to bribe the beggars or um, sweet-talk the beggars into telling you about them because you just hear from a lot of people that the beggars are the eyes and ears of the Gray Fox. Um, the Gray Fox is the leader of the Thieves' Guild, at least in Oblivion. And people... People don't even, like... Nobody really knows who the Gray Fox is. And for all we know, he's been alive for centuries. But... Um, yeah, we don't... Nobody knows who he is. You just see this gray cow that completely... That all... It covers his entire face except his chin. And so what you got to do is you talk to the beggars. They tell you to meet um, meet up with um, this guy on the docks of the Imperial City. And he... Um, gives everybody a contest. They got to go break into this one house, steal something specific, and be the first to get back. So whoever is the one to successfully steal said item wins. Of course, that's you. They don't make it easy on you, but, like, I mean, it's not difficult, but they don't try and make it a walk in the park. You actually see other people in the house trying to find it first. So... Then you go on a, like, you gotta rank up in the guild before you get a specific, like, a, a story quest. So, basically, you just gotta go around, steal a bunch of shit, and sell it to a fence. And that'll get you rank points. So, once you rank up, then you get a specific quest to steal um, a valuable item, like a specific item. And you just kind of work your way up from fence to fence, and then eventually you start getting quests from the Gray Fox himself. And eventually it leads up to stealing an Elder Scroll. Like this, I'm pretty sure this is the first time you actually see the namesake of the series. And it's not easy. Um,. It's, uh, it's, and all the while, people are, like, the, the Imperial Guards are hunting for the Gray Fox. They're hunting for, uh, just the, anybody in the Thieves' Guild. And, yeah, eventually you have to steal an actual Elder Scroll from the Moth Priests in the Imperial City. Now, um... 
<laughs> After you do this, the gray fox reveals himself to you. And I'm not going to spoil it, um, but it is somebody who is very well known. Now, he gives you the gray fox cowl. This is a very powerfully enchanted item because it hides the player's identity. So not only does it hide its, it, it basically creates a separate identity for you. So not to mention it really buffs your encumbrance level. Like it really, you can carry a lot more stuff while wearing this. So I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but there was one instance where I just kind of went on a killing spree. So I can't remember what city I was in. I want to say Shaden Hall. But I just went around killing everybody while wearing this gray fox cowl. And yeah, you hear guards like, you, you're the gray fox. I'll make captain for this. I'm killing guards left and right. My bounty keeps going up and up and up and up and up. Once I had my fill, I just take the gray fox cow off. The guard who is mid-swing, like he was in the middle of fighting with me, is like, pleasant afternoon, isn't it? And he just goes about his business. Like, he didn't even know that he had just been fighting me. Um, now, the gray fox does appear in... Skyrim, but I think it's only through Creation Club mod. Um, but I must say, I've only done the Thieves Guild quest com from start to finish one time. And it was years and years ago. Um, and I was still mainly playing on PC at that point. And it was so buggy. Um, even at that point, um, this was probably, I don't know, 2009, 2010, something like that. It was before Skyrim came out, but there were a couple of times I had to use console commands to continue. Um, there's one point where you're in the, this area of the Imperial city, um, uh, Armand, I want to say is Armand Kristoff, the, the guy, the contact that get, that makes you a member of the Thieves Guild. Um, he was in hiding. The guards were hunting for him. There's a cutscene in the middle of the, the village, or whatever it is, froze. Now, the game itself didn't freeze, but the cutscene froze. So, like, the, the, the players, not the player, but the people in the scene just stood in place so like people around that weren't involved in the cutscene were still kind of moving around but the people involved in the scene stopped moving and talking i could still move around but yeah i it was it was weird so i had to use a, a console command to advance in the story to complete that scene and then uh, it saved reloaded it was fine so that was kind of weird now um at the in the scene where the gray fox reveals himself 
Um, there was another person in that scene. The person he revealed himself to. Um, I guess I can just go ahead and say it. It was the Count of Anvil. Um, the Gray Fox was the Count of Anvil. Um, his wife, the Countess, or the, the, the Duchess, or I think it was Countess. Yeah, Countess. Um, she was supposed to go... Like, she just thought he was dead or missing or something for years and years and years. Um, he, or the, the countess went and sat in a chair. But she went and sat, I want to say it was her throne. She went in the, and sat in her throne facing the opposite way. So she sat in the, the, the throne while facing the back of it. So she got stuck. Again, I had to use a console command to um, advance this. I'm pretty sure, like, this is probably all fixed by now. So, this is probably all irrelevant. I'm just giving you my experience with it. But, like I said, it it is worth going through the story just to get the gray cowl. Because that is a awesome item to have on hand especially if you're going to be doing anything nefarious um so yeah it, <laughs> um maybe you can wear that while doing the uh, no no that wouldn't work um because you'll you'll be you'll have a shitload of infamy while wearing the gray cowl so yeah um you become the gray fox in oblivion so um, I guess we can move on to Skyrim. So, uh, I think we all know what's going on in Skyrim. If you played at this point, um, you become a member of the Thieves Guild. You get, um, you get spotted in, uh, Riften by, um, blanking on his name, Scottish sounding fellow, Brynjolf, Brynjolf, that's what his name is, Brynjolf. Um, I don't know how the hell I blanked on his name, but he brings you into the Thieves Guild. Um, he sees talent in you and uh, brings you into the Thieves Guild. And he wants, he, like, he, he, everybody is talking about how the um, Thieves Guild is cursed. Or not cursed, but they, they've hit, really hit a decline. And um, Delvin Mowry believes that they're cursed. Turns out he was right. But, um, yeah, what, what happens, like, you, you find out through the events of the Thieves' Guild. And it kind of works the, a little bit the, the same way um, as in Oblivion, where you have to do side, you know, basically radiant quests. Um, you you can go steal, you can pickpocket somebody, you can go break into somebody's house, do some uh, thieving, or you can um, forge some numbers in businesses, um, and then eventually you'll get specific quests. Um, turns out that the um, the uh, leader of the Thieves Guild, Mercer Frey has betrayed them he stole the, ske the skeleton key and he killed one of the other members 
who was also a member of the Nightingales. So the Nightingales, there are three of them. And you and Brynjolf end up becoming members of the Nightingales, along with um, Carlia. Um, you basically, you uh, make a pact with Nocturnal to return the skeleton key to where it was taken from. Um, so, which is very difficult to do because the skeleton key as I mentioned in Nocturnal's episode, is an unbreakable lockpick. So it's a very useful thing to keep around, unless your lockpick skill is out of the roof, then it doesn't really matter. But yeah, um, because of what Mercer Frey did, there was in fact a curse on the guild. So once you kill Mercer Frey and return the skeleton key to where it belongs, the curse gets lifted. So, um, for all we know right now, the Thieves Guild is now on its way to its former glory. But, yeah, it turns out Delvin Mallory was right, even though everybody thought he was crazy. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at with the Thieves Guild uh, story right now. I really did enjoy the Thieves' Guild in Skyrim. Um, A little bit more story to it than what was in Oblivion. Even though, like I said, that was one of the first times you see an actual Elder Scroll. It was really cool. Um, Like I said, the the Thieves' Guild in Oblivion was definitely worth doing. But I did enjoy the story a little bit more with Skyrim. Um, in the fandom wiki page, there's a little blurb here about different shadow marks you can find in Skyrim and what they mean. Um, there's just these little marks on houses, um, that are used to communicate with other members of the Thieves Guild. Um, and yeah, also, like I said, it was really cool seeing Nocturnal in person. Um, you do see her in Daggerfall, but of course that's Daggerfall. Um, you don't really see her in Morrowind or Oblivion, but to see her in person in Skyrim was pretty cool. Um, not to mention that's, that uh, Nightingale <laughs> armor was pretty badass looking. So, yeah, that is it as far as the Thieves' Guild. So... Yeah, next episode we are going to be, you know what, um, let's do a retrospective on Morrowind before we talk about the great houses. So, yeah, I think that'll be a good idea. I was going to just say let's start talking about the great houses, but you know what, let's, let's do another retrospective. You know, we got Morrowind coming out this summer. I think it's a good time to start talking about uh, Morrowind-related stuff. You know, a Morrowind-related chapter in ESO, I meant. So, yeah. Let's let's do a Morrowind retrospective next episode. So, anyway, that's it as far as this episode goes. I'd like to thank The Hive, as always, for sponsoring this podcast. 
If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at iangold08, or you can find the show at tamrelicp. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok, as I mentioned earlier. I've been uh, posting video clips on TikTok of, you know, Fallout and Mass Effect and things and uh, things like that. And uh, you can also find me at my other shows. I've got Super Nintendo. I just did an, uh, kind of a news update episode because, like I said, I haven't really been feeling the greatest lately. So, But I did want to get something out there as well. Uh, we had an episode of Tapes from the Wastes where we kind of gave everybody an update on what we've been up to and what we've been playing. And, yeah, um, that's really about it. So... If you can do me a, a favor, I always forget to mention this, but please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, yeah, uh, this, uh, I don't know if you noticed in the ad, but Anchor is now called Spotify for Podcasters. So if you happen to listen on Spotify, just uh, let me know what you think. So. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here, so as always, stay safe, adventurers. Mm-hmm.